0: Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 49, Produced 24 January 2018. If you don't have an oil well, get one. Growing up in Texas in the 1970s, this was the tagline to a popular TV commercial for The Western Company. To put that in the Scottish vernacular for today's times, you might say, if you don't have a whiskey distillery, get one. And now you can, well at least a part of one. I'm Glenn Moyer and in a moment I'll tell you how to do just that, get part of a whiskey distillery. When I chat with pilot, farmer, and now whiskey distiller, John McKenzie of Glenwivis Distillery in Dingwall, the Black Isle, Scotland, here under the tartan sky. 2018 in Scotland is going to be bra. The stage is set and the curtain has gone up on Scotland's Year of Young People. It's 12 months of events intended to inspire all of Scotland while allowing its young people to shine and showcase their diverse talents and contributions to their communities, their country and the world. Whether you're young or just young at heart, why not visit and see all that Scotland and its young people have to offer in 2018, the Year of Young People. 2017 was a very good year for Scotch whiskey with export of single malt scotch breaking through the one billion pounds mark for the first time. Karen Betts of the Scotch Whiskey Association says more people than ever before visited the industry in Scotland in 2017 and distilleries ranked among the most popular tourist destinations in the whole of Scotland and the UK. Investment in the industry was also high. In January 2017, just a year ago, it was reported that as many as 20 new distilleries were expected to open in Scotland in the next 24 to 36 months. These, added to the 14 distilleries Scotland has welcomed since 2013, stretching from the Outer Hebrides to the Lowlands, can leave little doubt that whiskey has fueled a distillery building boom across the land. Indeed, 2017 saw the first distillery in the borders in almost 200 years the first legal distillery on the island of Rasse, and the first distillery launched solely by a woman. And, as the year was about to pass into history, 2017 also saw the opening of Scotland's first community-owned distillery, Glen Opened on 30 November in the Highland community of Dingwall on Scotland's Black Isle, the Glen distillery was financed almost entirely by the success of an unusual crowdfunding campaign. Raising two point six million pounds in a mere seventy seven days. Almost three thousand people, sixty per cent from the Scottish Highlands with the remainder spread around the world, invested from two hundred fifty to one hundred thousand pounds each to own a part of distilling history. That first share offering was made in April 2016, and now with the distillery constructed and open, a second offering is underway to raise an additional £750,000, and the buy-in is again as little as £250, or about $350. Beyond being unique as Scotland's first wholly community-owned distillery, Glenlivet is also setting a new standard when it comes to impact on the environment, or the lack thereof, with the use of solar, wind, hydro and biomass power, all generated on-site and distilling gin and whiskey is just part of the plan. The ultimate goal of this project is to fund a rejuvenation of the Highland farming community of Dingwall and this region of the Highlands. Once in profit, shareholders, um, that is owners, will be able to apply for grants to support other like-minded projects of economic development in the community, the region, and beyond. It's all part of a way of giving back to the place where he was born, says retired Army officer, helicopter pilot, farmer, and now distiller John McKenzie. Known as the flying farmer, as he often pilots helicopters for film and television studios, the Glenwivist Distillery was his idea, and it's located on land he owns and leases to the Community Benefit Society for just one pound annually. Just days after the ribbon cutting, John took time to chat with me about his upbringing, his piloting, farming, and of course, about the Glen Vivis Distillery.
1: Yeah, I was born in uh, Dingwall when, back in the day when Dingwall actually had its own uh, maternity unit, so I can actually say that I was born in the hospital in Dingwall. Um, nowadays, it's uh, the highland capital of Inverness where everyone is, is actually born now. Um, but yeah, I was born here. I went to school, primary school, secondary school here, and um, from a young age, I, got, I was um, always fascinated by helicopters and also enjoyed... Farming. My father was a livestock auctioneer. Uh, this is a Dingwall is a farming town. Uh, I actually, at one point, wanted to be a vet. Uh, however, uh, the the grades required to be a vet are uh, higher than they are to be a helicopter pilot and to run a distillery project, maybe. And so, um, <laughs> so I chose I chose the latter. However when i bought my own farm in 2007 um i you know i now get to do both things um the flying and the farming um which is you know it, it's i guess uh, you know it, it's close to the, the the wanting to be a vet thing is, is effectively been achieved by working with animals and and uh and the flying so yeah cows and sheep um we've got some alpacas as well i've had pigs we've got hens but yeah it's a it's a it's an arable farm with um yeah with livestock and uh and it ties in really well with with the distillery project which obviously sits on the farm now and the the byproducts um indeed as we speak just now the first load of draught is actually coming out of the mash tan and going into a trailer and is about to be fed to the cows. So, um, it, uh-huh. it, it's an exciting, exciting day for me and the cows.
0: I bet so. It, it's interesting because I'm a hot air balloon pilot myself, but years ago, I was uh, a traffic reporter with a radio station in Dallas, wow. Texas, and I spent four hours a day, um, for a while riding as a passenger in a helicopter over the city of Dallas. And, uh, At some point during uh, my tenure there, we had a change in ownership and a change in helicopter pilots, and our new pilot was a CFI, and long story short, I've got about 25 hours of logged helicopter flight time, I never pursued it all the way up to getting a rating, but uh, I love flying helicopters, they're great fun to fly
1: yeah it's I'm, I'm very fortunate it's good it's good fun and but like anything if you do it too much um you know it probably wouldn't be so much so much fun but I really appreciate it because I do it um, alongside the farming now um you know I mean I try and fly maybe two weeks a month only now rather than you know for for many years I flew a lot more than that um so it, the enjoyment is um is in the balance of um, and the variety it's every day when flying is is uh, is different I'm very fortunate that what I get to see week to week, and who I get to meet and chat to. It's a a fascinating career.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it is. Well, I guess the real question is, why a whiskey distillery in Dingwall, and why now? Do you know, this is
1: um, It's the culmination of many, many things that came together. Um, back in 2013, I was uh, on a board of a, a wind cooperative here, Dingwall Wind Co-op. We raised a million pounds from 200 local members, um, and we're now issuing green grants um, for, for local development um, that comes from some of the profits from that. And it, that really gave me an understanding of how a cooperative worked. Prior to that, and still even to this day, I've always flown to whiskey distilleries. Um, There's over 120 in Scotland. And the enthusiasm of uh, Scotch malt whiskey um, followers from, you know, very much from the USA and from all over the world, uh, you know, it it really, um, it it just, I I could see it in, in taking these people to these distilleries. And I didn't realise that there was such a huge amount of history that existed in the Dingwall area. Really, the most famous history in Scotch malt whisky was that Fer and Tosh right back to the Culloden days, Robbie Burns... And this uh, old distillery, which existed in the town, which was originally named after the site on Ferrentosh it really is—it's just remarkable. So the history that existed, the fact that my birthday is Robbie Burns Day, the 25th of January—I'm a Burns boy. Um, I'm local, and the, I was flying helicopters to distillery. So it's just really remarkable how all these things, um, you know, conspired to come together to sow a seed that said to me, "You should get, you should build a distillery," um, and. Then we came across this, um, you know, this way of maybe funding it via a crowdfunding and a, and a cooperative.
0: Clearly, you have the land already available as a part of your farm, so that solved what could have been a huge problem, I would presume, land acquisition.
1: Yeah, so I mean, so I got the planning permission. I created the name and got the planning permission myself. In fact, I, the planning permission was issued on my fortieth birthday, um, and twenty uh, fifth of January. So on Robbie Burns Day, nineteen, uh, you know, I was born in seventy five. So in twenty fifteen, that's when we got the planning, and uh, I decided that I would allow this all to be gifted to the community if we raised the money. Um, so I leased the land for one pound to the community organisation and I, the, the three years of work that I put into it um, I d- donated to the project because uh, I think it will have such a positive effect on the local area and, and, and whisky enthusiasts to get to own something that they've never had a chance to, to own before and to see their brand develop um, over many years and their product, their whisky from the initial spirit flowing now to, to cask, storage and, and bottling in the future.
0: And we're gonna talk about that at length, but I don't wanna to get too far away from the history that is there because as I understand it, there is in fact history in uh, behind the name Glen Wivis.
1: Yes, so Glen comes from um, a small village uh, and an old distillery close by to Dingwall, um, a place called Edmonton, Um and the distillery there was called Glenskiach, and it closed in 1926, uh, that's going to be a, a, a time frame that comes up often here, and that's of course Prohibition, um, which you'll be familiar with. And So that closed in 1926. Um, the distillery in Dingwall was called Ben Wyvis, which is named after our iconic mountain, which is Ben Wyvis, uh, Monroe, right on the edge of Dingwall. Now that also Closed in 1926 uh, again due to prohibition, but prior to Ben Withers, we had this famous one called Fair and Tosh. And uh, without uh, confusing things too much, the Ben Withers name. Um, was changed to fair and Tosh because of an incident that occurred at the distillery with an excise man falling down a hole in the dark, uh, dark nights um, and suing the distillery and, it, and it having to close down. So we had the Wyvis the part from Ben Wyvis and the Glen part from Glen Glenskiach, and I came up with this name, uh, which was a new name, and it was uh, Glen Wyvis. Um, and we, we have the strap line built on history, powered by nature so the strap line built on nature uh, built on history of course relates to the two and respects those three old distilleries that used to exist um, locally and uh, the, the power by nature part is um, just like we have outside just now the wind and the rain is uh, creating electricity uh, and when the sun shines um, tomorrow that will also do the same for, for powering the motors for the for the distillery so that's where the powered by nature aspect comes from.
0: Well, I love the tagline and we're going to talk about the green nature of the distillery as well. Let's talk a bit about the crowdfunding. Crowdfunding nowadays seems to be all the rage and you, you read about you know all kinds of gadgets that are out there uh, that get vastly overfunded. You read about other projects that don't reach their goals. Why the decision to go the crowdfunding Route when you decided to build this distillery.
1: Well, this um, this was about um, creating a buzz around a project and getting lots of people involved. And of course, that is the crowd. Um, the, I, I guess you're right. There are there is a lot of um, crowdfunding going on nowadays, um, and it's a business like banks. You know, there are companies that will assist you with projects. They will um, allow you to put your project on their website, and they they take a fee. This was this was slightly different in that it was huge the minimum required for the distillery to get built was 1.5 million and that is a huge amount to get people to you know hand over money to a greenfield site and to trust you to actually build this um you know build this distillery and uh, you know and their money to be safe so it's not just Ten thousand pounds. It's that was one point five million minimum. But in the end, um, we obviously got our marketing and everything, you know, so so right that we raised um, two point six million in the first round, between fe- between April sixteen and July sixteen, uh, over seventy seven days. This huge amount was raised. Uh, I describe it as running a marathon every day for seventy seven days. <laughs> uh, that, it, it, every email had to be replied to every marketing opportunity had to be um, embraced so it was it was really hard work but of course you know that's uh, hard work gives just reward i say and it, it's all it's all worth it um, although that's when the hard work really started because we still had to we obviously had to raising the money was one hurdle and then building the distillery uh, was another huge hurdle so there seems to be hurdles always coming but uh, we now we're just used to them I think um, and just uh, and, and just get on with it so yeah it's um, crowdfunding is um, I wouldn't say it's for every project but given that we're making something which we don't sell for three, five, eight, ten 10 plus years, you know, you need to have very solid finances behind you. And you, you just can't go and get lending. I didn't try lending. I could have gone to maybe some business angel and um, tried to go and 50-50 on a project. Um, but this, I, this felt right. No one had ever allowed a whiskey distillery to be crowdfunded before. So um, it, I thought this would have a real, a real good chance of, um, of being hugely successful.
0: What do you think is the attraction to people? Because the, the mystique of this, campaign to me is that uh, if I choose to invest, I can literally become a shareholder, a part owner in a distillery in Scotland. Um, what is it well, this, about that you think that grabs fee- people's Well, I guess, you're, you know,
1: you're, you're best placed to answer that question. <laughs> okay. Uh, you
0: know, as a, as, a,
1: you know as, a, as a shareholder, it's it's um, I think it's the, the community aspect, not only for the locals here, but the community that is Scotch Malt Whiskey followers. And also... Scottish followers and this this history that we've just talked about um, we'll maybe touch on, on on tartan shortly, but I think the, the enthusiasm of Scotland, its scenery, its tartans, its clan heritage, its whiskey and its people. I think that's really what engages, um, you know, everyone at home and abroad, and they want to become uh, part of this this unique uh, distillery. I guess it's it should be a profitable business in the future. That's certainly where we're we're heading towards, and you know that's hopefully attractive, um, you know, to everybody to to see to be part of a business um, not not for financial reasons, but for you know for the, the passion. Um, and the Scottishness, if you like, that um, that we have in this project.
0: Yeah, there's, uh, there's certainly, we know there's a, a well-established Scott diaspora spread around the world, but there are probably millions of what I think the, the politically correct term nowadays is affinity Scots, people that may, maybe don't have any real bloodline to scotland but yet for whatever reason and you mentioned some of them tartan clan affiliation whiskey single malt fans etc that have this sense of scotland is a part of them or they want to be a part of scotland in some fashion and i think that has to be an element in uh certainly it is in my attraction to becoming an investor and being a part of this campaign
1: yeah, and I get you know it's good for it's good for all of us. That's a good thing. We embrace it. Um, you know, we want everyone to be part of. Um you know, part of this country, whether it's um, visiting, whether it's, uh, you know, owning, uh, you know, a part of something, you know, contributing, it's um, it's it's good, you know, tours, tourism is good, clan heritage, um, you know, there's been the history of, you know, people, the, the highland clearances and, you know, that, the, you know, this is people researching family trees and finding out that they have links. And even if you don't, uh, you can build links now. Um, I, you know, I can, you know, I, I suppose I can quote um, your own uh, president in terms of, um, his his history with his uh, grandmother, which he's you know pointed out before, is from uh, um, the far west, the Western Isles of uh, of Scotland. So yeah, it's um, it's something which is uh, which is well known about.
0: And there's an element to this campaign that's more than just appealing to one's passion for Scotland. The intention of the distillery is to really boost and provide benefit to the local community. This is sort of a way to, I don't know if the term rejuvenate is proper, but certainly to uh, contribute to the increased well-being of the community of Dingwall.
1: Yeah, this is, so the immediate effect was was to build this distillery, um, you know, at the edge of Dingwall, that was going to have an immediate um, effect in terms of regeneration. Um, The the future grants, when we hit profit, that will be distributed to other communities further afield. So you could be a member living in um, a few hundred miles away somewhere, but apply for a grant to to assist your community. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, And and you could be an investor at £250 or at £10,000, but you can still apply um, regardless it's um, you know there's no it, it's um, one person one vote so it doesn't uh, we don't um, it, it, we don't uh, discriminate against um, you know, who, anyone who's better off if you're a small investor or a big investor it really is um, it's, it's irrelevant
0: and that was a concept I wanted to get into the idea that whether you invest as a minimum investor at the 250 pound level or 10,000 pounds it's one person one vote and everyone gets treated equally
1: yeah, that's that's this is it. It's 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 a very democratic organisation. That's um, that's what we wanted to encourage from the start, um, and I think everyone's embraced that. Remarkably, you know, some people have invested, um, you know, at, at the higher amounts. Uh, but the majority are at the low amount. So even th- so, those people who have invested a large amount, they were quite happy with that. Um, so yeah, that's really good because we need, we, you know, we need the the bigger investor as well. Um, that that obviously gives gave the project a boost uh, and allowed the momentum to build to get lots of people, uh, you know, on board when we were doing the campaign. Um, but yeah, so Ding will be regenerated um, now. We've got people visiting now. All these thousands of members, uh, they uh, they are coming to visit their distillery now. Um, Tourism is is an instant boost uh, but long term it won't just be the local area that will benefit, others will too when we hit profit and and we're passing out grants uh, in in that respect then we can assist other projects and other ideas to, to come back to the local area.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the current stock offering, because you mentioned the success in the original crowdfunding, but you've gone back and there is a new offering available. So there is still the opportunity for people to become members, to become investors. Tell me a bit about the reasoning behind that and how that's working.
1: Yeah, so we had um, we always had the plan um, in the business the business model that we would have a second share offer because in order to, to up production and to lay down more whiskey, that requires more money. But um, originally that wasn't going to be for three years. But because of the success of the project and as we started to construction and everyone started to see the distillery growing out of the the ground, I was inundated with people emailing saying they wanted to become members and could still become members. So we decided to um, have what's called an open share offer. So we looked at all the finances to see where we were and what lending we Um, still needed and and, and other areas that we needed to develop just to robust our business plan a little bit more, then we identified three things. One was to make sure that we made sales internationally. So the first tranche on the, the amount that we're trying to raise at the moment, um, which is uh, we've passed halfway, so we've raised this whopping 380000 um, and the target is 750000 which we will raise by summer next year if not before. Um, and The first thing that we need to do is make is recruit an international sales person of, of, of considerable experience in the spirits world and that's of course whisky and gin. And we've got 40 applicants, um, we're about to send out letters for the shortlist and those interviews are being conducted in January. the second one was to purchase the gin still to move gin production from the island of uh, Anston Shetland to Dingwall so that's um, we've passed the first 250,000 and we're into the second half so that gin still is ordered and that will be installed like I say in uh, in April and the third one of course uh, we call it uh, on the on the website banks crying so that's to, to reduce lending so we don't want to have lending we do have lending planned as we did. Um, before the share, the second share offer was was, uh, was announced. So we, we want to try to avoid having lending because of course it just costs more and it uh, strengthens the business if you can avoid having it. We can only sell shares up to the total value of the start uh, of the cost of the business. We can' we can't take money in to run the business. it wouldn't be viable then. So um, it, is a, it is a reminder to get in now before um, you know we are effectively sold out in the future.
0: So this conceivably would be the final open offering, do you think?
1: Yes, and what what will happen then is we will, um, you know, people who who may want to become members will go on a waiting list, and if some people decide that they want to, uh, you know, to pass their shares, their shares on, then the waiting list will will come into play. Um, but I suspect this will become quite an exclusive club um, as it is now, um, yeah, on ongoing for many years to come. You know, when you get uh, these these different releases of whiskey, I suspect will always go to uh, members. Will always have discounts and special offers first.
0: You mentioned tourism as uh, certainly going to be, be, if not already is, a source of revenue or becoming one. You're very strategically located right on the North Coast 500, and that has been incredibly successful since its launch in bringing tourism to that region of Scotland that perhaps got a bit overlooked before. People always want to go to Glasgow. They want to go to Edinburgh. And now we know that uh, there's been a new business startup. Many of the existing businesses along the North Coast 500 are reporting absolutely record attention and record involvement with tourism. Clearly, the distillery has the potential to become a major tourist destination as well.
1: Yes. I mean, I, I always say you make your own luck, uh, but on this occasion, um, luck maybe uh, smiled upon us. And you know, <laughs> we are on the North Coast 500, and uh, we had no input on where that route was um, was going to be, but it goes right through Dingwall, and we are obviously located in Dingwall, so it's, uh, it's great for everyone. And we've uh, recently announced that we are um, installing gin still into the whisky distillery, so we'll be one of the few dual producers of gin and whisky. Um, in the distillery and indeed will be the only dual producer on the North Coast 500. So we, we're expecting both whiskey and gin enthusiasts uh, to come to visit us.
0: And the gin production obviously will get underway much quicker because it can. It uh, doesn't have to be aged for uh, like the whiskey does. What is the timetable for getting the distillery up and running? You mentioned already that production is underway.
1: Yeah, so we've opened now, and um, it's it's the gin still is ordered. Um, our gin has been made um, during our uh, building process and our you know our marketing of the the uh, crowdfunding campaign. Our gin has always been made on the remote island of Anst, which is uh, the top of Shetland, which is the the most northerly part of Scotland. It's the most northerly island inhabited in the whole of um, Scotland and the UK. So it was a great location that we and we picked it for a reason. And we thought that that was a you know very uh, apt place to have the gin made. A long way away, but so that's coming to an end um, in April this year when we move production to the site here. So between now and then, it's all about laying down casks of whiskey. Um, but then in April, it'll be about um, not only laying down casks, but also producing gin and bottling the gin on site. And I think that'll be quite exciting to... To see some to see the whiskey being made and then to taste um some gin at the end um and uh, you know also maybe taste some some raw spirit um we, we're going to be selling some raw spirit um at some points as well but um we'll, we're going to be waiting a few years obviously for the for the whiskey to be ready
0: is there a plan in mind will it be the first whiskey we see be a gli with 10 or a 14 or an 18 year old what are your thoughts well, there
1: for our members, um, we're going to allow them, t- they're, they're all going to get a taste at three years. So uh, three years in one day when we have uh, Scotch malt whiskey, our members are already uh, waiting to, to get uh, some bottles so they can have a taste then. Um, our master distiller, Duncan, um, he's in charge of, when it's ready so in the business plan we've got some five eight ten year olds but we will be obviously looking at the uh, the right time and of course the gin sales um if they're going well then maybe we will hold off um but it depends on you know those the, the normal financials and how how it tastes um, and the, the casks that we've used for that so but that's very much the master distillers nose to to decide
0: well, and I've been seeing uh, on social media uh, something about that Glenn Rivers will be producing a green grassy single malt. Um, I, I like my whiskey, but that terminology escapes me. So what exactly is a green grassy single malt?
1: Well, I, that's. Um, I, I think it's what what we describe as a traditional Highland single malt Scotch whisky. Um, we've got relatively hard water here. It's it's, it's ideal for making um, whisky. We also have um, great damage storage here. We're five hundred feet above sea level, so the casks um, that we choose and the storage, the water, and of course, highly important is the local barley. So yeah, green grassy. It's it's all to do with the raw products uh, and the storage and the casks. Um, and i think it 's a it 's a light um, it 's a light highland single malt um, rather than maybe some other you know darker smokier um, more island uh, malt
0: well i 'm excited to hear that because i 'm i 'm still a relative newbie to whiskey drinking. I started drinking whiskey maybe three four years ago, and i 've clearly identified myself so far as generally. Favoring the space side region, uh, I like the lighter, fruitier, sweeter. I guess you might say um, whiskeys. Uh, I've tried some of the heavier, smoky, and, and some of the heavily peated whiskeys, and I, I just not, my palate isn't there yet. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, but I, you know, I think we, we will we will do something smoky at some point because um, you know everyone has a different palate and different sure. taste, and we want to. We want, there's going to be some trial and error, I think, in our uh, in that respect.
0: Now, there's another green that's involved in your whiskey, and that is environmentally green, which is a real key element. As you said, it's a part of your tagline. Um, why the decision, because all of your power is devi- derived from uh, solar power, from wind power, from, help me here, also from there is... Uh, hydro. Hydro hydro, and hydro. biomass. Yeah, yeah, hydro and biomass. So the-
1: yeah, so it's a unique site. Um, south facing, um, it's, it's 500 feet up, and we've also got this uh, water source. Um, so it, it was all harnessed to to, to pull these energy sources together. So come rain, um, wind, or sunshine, we will be producing electricity. Now, for the whiskey stills themselves, we use a biomass boiler. So the biomass boiler with wood chip, which is sustainable, that creates the steam for the whiskey stills um, and then all the electrical aspects that go with that comes from the wind, hydro and solar, the glass frontage of the distillery that, of course, takes solar gain and we have an electric car. This is the future. Uh, fossil fuels um, are are on the way out, um, albeit maybe a number of decades away yet. But, um, I do honestly believe that green energy is is the future uh, and it's it's something that we're we're leading uh you know hopefully leading in the industry to to go one hundred percent green.
0: Why is that so important? do you think
1: well environmentally, it's important certainly to myself, and I can tell it. It absolutely is important to our members our strapline powered by nature so we are true to that we and we will absolutely do everything to make sure that we you know we protect the environment and uh, and our members who have backed the project for that reason we have many people who have backed the project you might be interested to know that we have some members who don't even drink um but they back the project because of the green energy aspects the community aspect and the regeneration of the local area and being part of something um a, a whiskey distillery
0: you mentioned the electric car, and I was reading uh, somewhere in doing some of my research over the last few days that there was a talk about a hillside tram to bring people up to what might be a visitor center. Is that still yeah. under consideration?
1: all these things so at the moment um, we have a, we've got Michael Fraser who started with us a few weeks ago um, he's our tourism and marketing strategy officer so he's now pulling all these things together into a viable business plan um, so he's meeting with cruise liners with um, all the local tour companies to see what works now how we what we can afford to spend on the visitor aspect is a big consideration and um, we also We've recently priced a 16-seater electric bus. So the the Hillside Tram has the wow factor. You know, I think we would get a huge amount of visitors, but we're working on, you know, feasibilities and what works in year one and what works in year 10 sure. may well be different because at the moment we have to look very closely at the financial spends and the returns. So the Hillside Tram is designed. It's We know it's um, it, it will work and it has the wow factor. Also, an electric bus And a glass cube on the site, a glass cube tasting room, um, out with the views and the the Highland cows and, uh, you know, having a taste, looking over the old distillery sites on the Black Isle. So we're pricing all these things, doing our diligent business planning, and and that's what will fall out of it, um, exactly what what, uh, we utilize this year and uh, in, in years to come. So, don't uh, the hillside tram is still very much um, in, the, in the thinking, but it might be a few years away.
0: Sure. Well, I, I can't speak to, to the views there because I was not aware of the project when I was over in August. So, I've not visited Dingwall. I'm looking forward to doing that when I return next August.
1: Yeah, we, we say that we have the best views in Scotch Malt Whiskey. So, um, I think that, that's, uh, that's pretty good. It really is. Uh, we're very fortunate to be at the edge of a mountain and have these spectacular views. So, and we've, and we're harnessing it all. Um, for the for the energy production
0: the distillery is going to be a dual producer of gin and whiskey and clearly the gin can be done much earlier is that as much a part of a business plan uh, in terms of great, being able to create revenue from gin sales early on while the whiskey is maturing or was it more of a larger business plan and intent to do both spirits
1: I think it's, yeah, there's a few parts to this, Glenn. So, yes, it's about um, early sales, but it's also about having the brand on the shelf. So people knowing the name Glenn with us, knowing where we are. Uh, and it's it's like an early introduction to, you know, to what we are really about, which is whiskey um, as a world selling product. Um, we are happy to, um, you know, to embrace the current gin boom. But uh, we are very much about whiskey. And but a number of our members are gin enthusiasts. So I think it fits for us. I don't think it will fit for everybody, but certainly for Glenn with us. Um, G and W, it's in the word Dingwall gin and whiskey, glenn and with us. Um it's as if it was meant to be um, so i think uh, it's the gin is here to stay
0: well i like anything that has the name glenn in it obviously
1: <laughs> yeah exactly you're, yeah. you're you're an ideal advocate um, absolutely
0: you know, we just need to find a mr Wivis. there you go yeah well i'm sure there's got to be one out there somewhere yeah, let's ask
1: the viewers, the listeners, and see if there's any. Uh, if, yeah. there's a, if there's a Wivis uh, first or second name out there.
0: There you go. That might be uh, an interesting find. That certainly can help push along the marketing a bit. Um, you talked about some of these grants that people will be able to apply for to help rejuvenate not just your community in Dingwall, but indeed uh, the Black Island. And I would presume reaching perhaps even further out into the highlands. Are there any immediate projects in mind or at the forefront? Um, has some selection process perhaps begun as to this is what, what we at you and the others as the founders of the distillery want to see, uh, want to contribute to the community in the area?
1: Well, what we've done at the moment is um we were inundated with requests um <laughs> you know for the usual uh, request for gin uh, for whiskey for you know for any financial contribution to uh things to you know from raffles to um you know charity so uh what what we came up with um was that any member is allowed to apply for two bottles per year of gin at a vastly reduced price, of, which is cost-price effectively, for a bona fide um, charity or, or raffle, etc. Now you know that actually equates to quite a lot because people are always asking, and there's not a day goes past where I don't get an email asking for a contribution to something. So we allow our members to get involved and if someone gets in touch who isn't a member then they miss out, so maybe they become a member. We haven't got to the stage where we're in profit. We've just finished the the building, so it's a few years before we will actually be able to, um, to 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 give out grants. However, our green ethos, youth, and community, I think, will be words that will be w- within the um, the the board brief on on who, what we're looking to support.
0: To kind of wrap things up, what do you think Scotland and, and others watching this project can take away from it? It's a unique. Uh, it's unique, not just from crowdfunding. It's unique in the sense of what you hope to do to rejuvenate your own community in the, the Highland region. It's unique in its relying on green energy. It literally has many, many unique factors involved in the campaign. Is there, is there a takeaway you think that others, in, particularly in Scotland, should be looking at from this project?
1: Yeah, I think the word I would use is uh, Inspire. Um, I hope that this inspires others um, so that they can come up with ideas uh, and they can see um, just how big this project has become, um, but also where it started from. So small
0: ideas grow into big things when lots of people come together, Glenn. My thanks as always to my guest, John McKenzie, the flying farmer and now managing director of the Glidwivis Distillery. There's still time to buy into the distillery under the current share offering, but time is running short. As this episode was produced, some 831 new investors have contributed just under 500000 of the £750,000 goal. The minimum offering to be a member and own a share of the distillery is £250, pounds, but there are simple gift offerings for as little as £30. Pounds. As exciting as I think this project is, I am not an investment counselor, and I would urge anyone considering such a move to download and study the full prospectus. Any investment involves an element of risk. A link to the download will be found in our show notes at Scott. Ironically, Glen Wivis is located just a few short miles from another Black Isle project we've discussed here on this podcast. Claire Campbell of Prickly Thistle's planned to build the Black House Mill and return the weaving of tartan to the Highlands. Just days after this interview was recorded, Mackenzie announced that Campbell had been commissioned to design a bespoke tartan for the Glenwivis Distillery, as she's already done for neighboring Tomatin Distillery, among her many other clients, including, I'm happy to say, myself and this podcast. Mackenzie says the Black House Mill is exactly the kind of project that Glenn is hopes to be able to help going forward. And speaking of that, Campbell has shared that she will be announcing a new crowdfunding campaign to support her plans in February. For news on that, simply look to the hashtag #BuildTheMill on social media or visit the Prickly Thistle website, the link to which will also be in our show notes next time it's a look at scotland through the lens of photographer doogie cunningham of leading lines photography in glasgow and the author of a new photography guidebook photographing scotland until then i'm glenn moyer I agas Alpha cabra under the tartan sky is a production of glenn l moyer creative communications for show notes and more information on this and all under the tartan sky episodes please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot Have an idea for a future episode? We'll get in touch via email at info at Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter where our username is at underscore tartansky That's at underscore tartansky That's the underscore symbol tartansky And thank you for listening